0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast, Keep It Simple Podcast. If you're catching this, you're with us for episode 13, Uh, and today we've got a special treat. Uh, My dear friend, very dear friend, Jared Middleton is with us. Uh, Jared and I have been friends for well over a decade uh, most everywhere we go there is mischief and comedy uh, we uh, we are not afraid to have a good time uh, but ultimately above all are brothers in Christ and uh, oftentimes Jared will use the term we are cut from the same cloth and that is yeah. a very very true um, Jared um, is over 20 years in student ministry uh, he has experience in pulpit ministry um, just recently has launched a 24 seven prayer movement, um, uh, in Dublin, Georgia, Lawrence County, Georgia, uh, which I'm sure we will unpack that, uh, Jared and his wife, Robin have two boys, um, Caleb and Jesse, uh, who are all boy. And, yeah. uh, so Jared, welcome to the podcast. Um, I know that you're swamped i know that you got a 19 ring circus going on at all at all time but uh, thank you yeah. for making time for us it, it really is a treat to have you on man
1: man it, it is great to be on um i did when i was sitting down at the computer and i got on before you and it was like oh episode 13 i don't know you know <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's there's that whole thing so uh yeah. maybe this won't be a dumpster fire prayer maybe it'd be some good content um you know at the end of it but but i've been looking forward to it you know because we had this scheduled and then i'm trying to think something came up you I were hunting
0: know. it is it blackbeard if i got that right
1: yeah and um yeah we on blackbeard island uh, that i go to with some guys and so yeah just kind of kind of good stuff though um, yeah the timing cool. of
0: it um you know it's interesting. our heart in this work is you know um, to encourage people and the authenticity uh, a lot of a lot of folks uh, are drawn to this idea of just hitting and record and whatever we lay downs what, what what yeah. is captured you know and um, it made Rev a little nervous last week but um but but our heart is to encourage people to connect dots and people relationally. Yeah. Um, and then, um, to ultimately draw people closer into a relationship or maybe for the first time to give this idea of a relationship with God and uh, a chance. And so the timing in that is, um, to me is curious, uh, certainly way early on, uh, we had you lined up and, um, you were hunting in that. And so just have to trust that the timing of this, but I did to your point yeah. when I was, when I was, um, prepping the invite to email to you the yeah. other day. Uh, and I saw episode 13. I thought, dum-dum-dum. Yeah. You know? One or two ways. One yeah. or two ways. Yeah. It'll, so, it'll be
1: epic in one form or fashion, I'm, I'm sure. So Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, a lot of folks, I'm sure, listened to Brooke's episode, and we talked about you a lot. Um, you know, I really got to know Brooke through the youth workers uh, network deal that you had put together. Right. I mean, that would have had to been – what, 2010, maybe? Yeah, like we're,
1: um, we're getting old, man.
0: Yeah, we're not young, dude. Uh, <laughs> um, but your gift, I mean, you have so many gifts, but but one gift is you are a connector of people, right? I mean, you, you that heart of connectional ministry, yeah. of getting people together um, so that they know that they're not alone. There's a lot of us that are in the same trenches yeah. that really um, – it's community is what it is and yeah. so my my first introduction to you was through those youth workers round tables that you put yeah. together um kyle i think was at perry and Yeah. They, they hosted and dude you had people driving from all over south georgia
1: it was it was crazy and and it, it's interesting that you say that so in um in 1999, talk about going way back. I was in yeah. I was in college,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I did a summer mission experience up in Cleveland, Tennessee. And at the end of the um, the time together, I've never really seen that in myself. And so, at a, like the end of the summer, they had like all the interns in the room, and, and one of the leaders, Steve Roper, they went around the room and did a, a like a blessing service on people. And that's what he said. He said. Um, so that was however many years ago wow. that is. I'm not great with math, but, um, so and I, I remember just, I mean, we were sitting in this room and I can close my eyes and be there. And it was the first thing that anybody really spoke into me that I mm-hmm. took like to heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, he, it, the phrase was, he said you have this ability to bring out the common good in a room like people who are, yeah, who I mean, are yeah. like in differing, situations or even or even maybe on the front on the edge of like going to battle like Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. and kind of like and and so i've just tried to you know live into that over over these years and um it is hard like i you know i I think we oftentimes put ourselves in situations where we think we're the only one and and i don't think i think that's in in like everything we do in life right Mm -hmm. um whether it's our career. So that incident you're talking about, um, we were all youth pastors and I was kind of voluntold to do it. We were doing it on a local
2: mm-hmm.
1: level and somebody in, in the, in the structure of our church at the time said, Hey, can you do this? Like on the, on the conference level, which was like all of South Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure. And I was kind of surprised as much as anybody. And we just kind of took turns hosting it and it, it led to some great, times. Cause we all saw like, we're in the same, we're in the same boat and, and it's kind of the same thing. You know, we all see now, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're in, we're in different walks of life, but just how that plays out in so many facets, like whether it's, you know, like parenting,
2: yeah. you
1: know, we, we both got, uh, I got two teenage boys. You got a teenager and, and one that's, you know, they're both
0: adult, still teens. Yeah. yeah, adult, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and it's still I think we just, if we're not careful, we isolate, like we self isolate, mm-hmm. and it usually starts with the phrase, "Well, well, I'm the only one like this,"
0: mm-hmm. or nobody, only, nobody would understand, like nobody can relate.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the only parent like this. I'm the only person, you know, yeah. like this, and it and it plays out um, in a lot of different. I mean, you you look at you know people who are alcoholics or deal with depression or, or what, like it plays out just on so many different levels. And so I I think that's, you know, we're talking about community, right? I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of the first step in that for me is like not self isolating and and realizing like, we're like, there are so many people um, like us. It's interesting. So I was at um, the 24 seven prayer gathering in um, Colorado Springs this year and brian heasley uh he's he's a part of the, the um international leadership and he was he's in this room of like people and he uh he was doing some kind of video with like the archbishop of like england and they were they were like he said in he, his talk he's he's talking about how they were they were shooting b-roll for some video series or something that they're putting out and he's like yeah. so the video guy's like Hey, y'all just talk or whatever. You know, we're just, we're not doing audio. We just need to record you like walking through this little garden area, you know, or whatever. And he's like, he's like, what do I say? What do I say? And he's like, Brian's kind of like you and I, and he's, (laughs) he's like, I look at like the archbishop of like the church of England. And he said, just, I blurt out. I feel like I'm a fake. (laughs) And and Everybody's going to find out. Well, that's one of my biggest fears. And he says like the, um, you know, th- this guy that this uh, one of the leaders of the Church of, of England like looks back and he's like, "I feel the exact same way most of the time." Yeah, and, you know, that's a perfect example of that. It's like we, we we see people, we see what they're doing. People look at what you do from afar and they're like, "Man, it'd be cool to have my own podcast and do this." And yeah. they don't one they don't know the trenches of it, like yeah. the hard the heartache of it sometimes and the late nights of it sometimes. But we realize we're really not that different. Mm-hmm. You know and, right I,
0: and I think from that connection, you know, in my own life, at least how many sincere friends I still have from that. So like you and me, uh, George, yeah. Charlie Duffield yeah. was in that, uh, right. Brooke for sure. Um, Uh, Victor Scott was around in that group. Mm -hmm. And and, um, so people that I still keep up with, I mean, that I still follow, I know where they are, I know what they're up to and kind of all that stems from your obedience to try to connect people and foster authentic community. Um, and then from that so this is a great place to kind of launch because i feel like all i did was order chicken and say like let's eat you know but what I mean? you didn't yeah no you, you <laughs> kept us all it literally was like herding cats you know and, and uh but from that came the most epic trip uh youth work-wise church work-wise yeah. i've ever been on like um, and how
1: Nashville is still Nashville.
0: So that trip dude and there were other <laughs> na- national youth workers conventions that we went to we went to different cities and did different yeah. things but that nashville trip whatever year that was it was a riot dude that i still tell stories from that trip <laughs> yeah. um with you captain morgan and people and yeah. uh, trying to get <laughs> trying to get brooke to go into the one yeah. uh Uh, bar and ride the mechanical bull and uh just uh charlie blowing out a sock uh coming across the city from uh well we were at the antique archaeology we were we
1: were were in that like the whatever that antique show is american
0: pickers uh, yeah
1: and i had taken a a good friend of mine katherine Ryder, still a dear friend so she's Mm -hmm. up in uh virginia now Mm -hmm. and Catherine, for those of y'all that don't know she is this like super fit
0: Triathlete, lady,
1: uh, like, yeah. triathlete you know kind of stuff and everything and we're we're probably what like four or five miles away from the convention center like we're, we're oh, yeah. a, it's a it's a hike yes and uh katherine's like I'm, I'm gonna book it on back because i want to get to this session
2: yeah
1: and and this is like the second day so nobody knows Catherine like i do and charlie duffield you know who would himself tell you he's probably not in the best shape at that time and he, he had, was, all- he had <laughs> a marathon runner
0: now but he had he, on brogans, he had like, so he, he didn't got, have on like tennis shoes or walking yeah, he, he shoes. He had on
1: brogans. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, she, Catherine had struck out, and I was like, "All right, see you later." And because uh, I knew I wasn't humping it, you know, back no. like because I knew what was about to happen. I've been on trips with her before; like she's about to, uh, you know, catch a gear, and she gets a hundred yards off or a block away or whatever. And Charlie's like, "I think I'm going to back. I'm going to catch up with her." And he just tried. I said not a word, and. He gets off and I look at you. And I said that boy just made a mistake. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we get back to the hotel room and he pulls his boot off that night. It's like one o'clock in the morning or whatever. Like and yeah. wore like blew his sock out. Had he a
0: literally blew the the um what is it like the, uh, the, the, yeah. the ball of his foot the at the pad the ball of his foot had like just a blown. blister a blister starting up and it was just like yep. Cause he was so sincere. It's one thing that I love about Charlie. Before you know, he's not like me and you. So before yeah. we ever went to the convention, he knew the breakouts. He had yeah. charted his course. Yeah, like he knew what breakouts he was going to. Whereas, he knew the yeah. schedule.
1: Whereas you and I, like, for our former bosses listening and admins of finances, you were your own financier. Like we went to go, but we were also like, we could care less. Like we were there was a fellowship element.
2: Yeah, and uh, the
1: big room—the big room stuff was amazing. And we took to heart. They always say, like, don't try to go to everything. Maybe you need to rest. And, felt, and so we took that. We like followed them into that. And uh, but yeah, he he struck out and, and, yeah. and paid the price.
0: Yeah. And they're like, hey, when we get done with this breakout, where can we find y'all? Oh, we're gonna be at the Zorby booth. You remember the Zorbies? Yeah. Yeah. The little chairs. It's like the, world the world's booth. most whatever beanbag, but it was yeah. a beanbag. Those things would just inhale you. I mean, yeah. you could get in them and just. And I'm thinking, like youth pastor mode. I'm thinking, like this
1: is the worst thing in the world to advertise to buy to put in your youth. Like, yeah, yeah, let's let's facilitate.
0: Yeah, yeah teenage yeah.
1: Guys and girls like in bean bags laying yeah. down on their, on your, you know.
2: So, but Charlie,
0: just... Charlie straight up blew a sock out. He had yeah. that one foot that kind of kicked out to the side. Yeah, and that was the foot that, and he was trying to keep up with Catherine. And uh So
1: he had that and then we had dropped jaw off. We made it back at record time from Nashville. That was a
0: oh record haul. Yes. Yes yeah, yeah. what that was. We were getting
1: it. And yeah. um like we I think we had dropped jaw, we were there was like some van
0: problems. You dropped us off at Riverside.
1: Yeah, and we were leaving we and like, like it started sputtering. So it's like two o'clock in the morning or like it's super late. Mm-hmm. And some guys that had come that I know from Dublin, they went with us and we're getting back on the interstate and I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. So I just pegged it out. Like I just, I gunned it out and like, like sparks are coming out of the back of the van, <laughs> like, like molten metal is coming out of the back of the van. And then it just opens up and everything is like running fine. And one of my buddies, his name's Clint. He was like, what do you doing? I said, well, dude, like, who are we like, who are we going to call from Dublin? To like it's the middle of the yeah. night. Yeah, It's in, in my mind, like the closer we get to Dublin, if the, the van's battery, yeah, <laughs> and it ended up it was like the catalytic converter had like clogged up or something. And we we blew it out, and he's like, I've never
0: seen one, <laughs> one do that before. Yeah, so that that trip really did kind of spearhead. I mean, I'm not going to say a youth movement, but it yeah. certainly spearheaded a move in connectional ministry. I mean, we came back from that trip. Big Mike, Mike Hernandez was on that trip. Uh, Brooke was there. I was there. You were there. George was there. Charlie. And we came back from that long weekend forged. I mean, we were...
1: And to this day, you think about it, like we're in different walks, you know. Uh, So you're in Missouri. You stepped out of of youth ministry, Mm kind of like I did. Wasn't, Wasn't expecting that.
0: No, not I at I went all. into
1: the pastorate. Brooke, Brooke's hanging on. like
0: Brooke, yeah, She's Brooke. the lone survivor of that original group. Well, yeah, so, and then George
1: George stepped out of youth ministry, but he's back in youth ministry. And now? Then, yeah.
0: Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's
1: awesome, dude. Where and in Albany? Then, um, yeah, so he's at Albany. No, he's at Porterfield.
0: Okay. Awesome. Um,
1: and so, and then, uh, you know, Charlie's doing, he's back, he was a Nursing. nurse. Yeah. But he's back into nursing, but he's still doing, you know, ministry and mission. But yeah, like you said, and, and we all keep, like I talked to George on the phone this morning.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I talked to him about like you every other day or something. Like we're texting yeah. or yeah. shooting a, a, yeah. a funny video that yeah. two other people in the world are going to think are, are funny and our wives are not one of them. It's border, uh,
0: borderline <laughs> borderline inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so we come back from that trip, and then our next kind of venture was licensing school, right? <laughs> so like when I think through our relationship, uh, I'm introduced to you through this youth workers deal. And it's one of those things that's like when you meet somebody and you're like, that's my, that's my kind of guy.
1: But so pause because after the very first gathering that we had, the little round table is what I think what we call them, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, youth workers um, round table.
1: You called me out of the blue. Like, we had met one time for lunch
2: mm-hmm. with
1: like 20 other youth pastors,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: So it wasn't like it, it was just you and I one on one. Yeah. You called me out of the blue and you were like, hey, this has been, we met the other day. You remember this? No. And you were like, would you come lead a retreat for me?
0: Oh, you went to
1: to, to uh, we were at Epworth.
0: Epworth, yes, yeah. I do remember that. Name. And I'm yes. and I was
1: just kind of like, well, yeah, like, but why me? And you were just like, I, you know, I was praying about it, and you you came,
2: yeah,
1: you came to mind, and, yeah, and yeah. that that is the moment. And so you, you know, the thing that I, I see in you, and I tell people about you so often, is like when you say, like, I've prayed about this, like I've put thought into that. Mm-hmm. I'm like okay, you know, because yeah. you know, there, there are people that that kind of throw that around, mm-hmm. you know, right? But but mm-hmm. Ben Ben Lee's not one of those. So mm-hmm. yeah, you were like
0: I'd forgotten all about that. That was a great yeah. trip. I'd was forgotten a fun, all about that. That was a fun that. trip. Yeah, I was always trying to expose our students to different communicators that were yeah. authentic, that were real, that that what you saw is what you got. Yeah. But to to change that voice, to change the life experience, yeah. um, same theology. Yeah. but different voice, different experiences. Um, yeah. that was a that was a rhythm that we created early and kept in place the whole time. Yeah. So then, um, so licensing school. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's where Jeremy Wilson, for me at least. I, did yeah. you know Jeremy before that? I didn't know or? him at all.
1: And okay. and you and I, let's just say it, because well, we there's nothing that's going to come that we got roped up in this licensing school. Like we did not want to be there at Mine? all.
0: My Mine was Connor and Mindy were getting married. Yeah. Like, that's literally how I end up licensed. Yeah. Because I, I, it coincided. So they got engaged. And, and then, so for like, but for our, so like those
1: listening, like in our, like we were in the United Methodist Church. Yes. So in our context, we had to be, we had to go to this life, like we had to be licensed because we weren't mm-hmm. fully ordained because it's like mm-hmm. one of the longest ordination processes. Mm-hmm known to man and so mm-hmm. you were doing that and i that's when i was taking my first church as like pastor we had the same mm-hmm. um like overseer for yeah, us and, the it, church. Yeah. and he was like y'all are going to licenses like neither one of us wanted to be there like yeah. we're in atlanta which neither one of us my sister lives in atlanta and i'm just like i'll, I'll go see her once a year yeah you yeah. know um and so we hated, we hated so, and we're, so- we're in the bathroom right and Wilson comes up to us. I don't know. you remember this? We're on no. break. And we're in the bathroom, like, washing our hands. And me and you are just like, we're done already. It's like day one. We've been day there one, like yeah. 20 minutes, and we're just like, can we go home? Yeah. Jeremy Wilson walks up to us, who also had like a big, big full beard. And he's yeah, his is like.
0: Beautiful beard.
1: Duck Dynasty beard. Yeah, beautiful beard. And uh, he's like, y'all must be Ben and Jared. Yeah. <laughs> Rick told me. Rick told me to look like to look for y'all, and I would know you when I saw you. That's
0: how that was our introduction to Jeremy Wilson. Yeah. So, so what landed me there? I don't know if you even know this. So, the, the timing of Connor and Mary, uh, Mindy getting engaged, and then them asking me to wed them, yeah. um, it coincided with DCOM, uh, the District Committee yeah. of Ordained Ministry. So, I go before this board, this DCOM board. And yeah. we go through—I mean, we, bit, we went through that for years, right? Yeah. And so we go through the interview, and we answer the questions and all of those things. And then you get to the end, and they're like, well, do you have any questions for us? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I got one question. Okay, and I'm like, I got I got two former students. I love them. They're like my kids, you know, and um, they've asked me to marry them. I've looked online, and I can get ordained at the Universal Church of Love for $30. Yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> i remember this and their faces like you could physically literally see the color leave their faces like their faces went ashen blowing blowing fuses and they were like twitching you know (laughs) no no under no circumstances can you go through the universal church of love for thirty dollars yeah and i'm like okay then then what is the process because i had no clue yeah. And the next thing I know, we're sitting in licensing school yeah. um, at Candler in Atlanta. Uh, and if it weren't for you and Jeremy, I don't I don't know if I'd have made it. Was it – was if I got this – was it 10 days?
1: Yeah, it was like 10 days of
0: – And we were sequestered like you, know, you didn't we
1: – You couldn't leave. Like, we couldn't even leave for the day.
0: Yeah, that's we what I'm saying.
1: I don't think – like, if our wives had come up there, they could have, they would have been like, meet us for lunch. I don't think we no. could. It, it, and they were serious about it. Like yeah. yeah. Like,
0: you'll fail. And we were in dorms, but it, yeah, was, it was school weird. was out or something. And yeah. so we were in, like, these dorms that were just blank. It was, like, yeah. super institutional.
1: It was like we were in jail for, for 10 days.
0: 10 days, yeah. dude, of, like, 10-hour class, 5-5 yeah, or something. So, like,
1: and one day I had left my – computer charger in the dorm yes. and on break i was going to r- run over there to it and they were like 90 questioning me where are you going and i was like well I, I left my computer charger well make sure you come straight back and i'm like where am i like where am i going like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. what do you think i'm gonna be like yeah you know so so yeah, that it's, so it's then it's we nice.
0: had that experience so that was building on nashville and all those things so then you end up in pulpit ministry yeah like lead lead pastor stuff, yeah. I'm still doing student ministry, and by that time, you and I were intentionally meeting together consistently, yeah. you know, making sure that I think you probably came my way more than I came yours, yeah. but we were meeting for meals and yeah. just very intentionally continued to 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 build our yeah. friendship our relationship um and that to that point, I mean it takes intention. Yeah, Um, People are busy. Uh, Folks have careers and families and obligations, but to make that relationship a priority, um, it's worth it, you know.
1: And that's a good point, because if you're not going to be isolated, Mm -hmm. it takes intentionality, like whatever that looks like for you in whatever Mm -hmm. realm. You, you know, that is, I mean, whether it's a business relationship or partnership or whatever, I mean, it's intentionality, whether it's a, mm-hmm. you know, a familial relationship of like husband and wife or, you know, even parents or, you know, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. children, we both got older parents that, that have had health issues and stuff. I mean, it's all about being intentional and showing up, if not like you're isolated, right?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But
1: yeah, th- those are some of the people that, that we still you know, forge back to and and Mm -hmm. go back to and look on. And and like, I could call anybody in that group. Um, The bizarre, the bizarre relationship out of that whole group is, is Brooke kitchen. Like, I don't know how many there's like, I'll go. I went like a period of time. Like every time I went to Warner Robins, like at random times, I was in the mall one night at like nine o'clock. Like, I
0: remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And like I look up, she's. In, I'm like, what are you doing? And her mom or somebody's with it. Somebody she's related to is with her. And like we're like hugging each other in the store, and they're looking at like what, like who is like who is this yeah. person I've never seen? that you're like, yeah. like, what's yeah. going on here? Um, yeah. But that's the way it is. I mean, I, I call you know George calls me. I call him. You know, you and I, mm-hmm. you know, call each other, and it's just like, um, like, like like it was yesterday. You know, you mm-hmm. were down. You know, here, I think you could you could pull up in my house right now, or I could pull up, you know, in your yard, and it would be, you know, come on in, because we're old friends.
0: Yeah. Come yeah, on. the Preacher's Riding in Cars episode um, yeah. that we shot, uh, we were talking it's about— It's uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were talking about John and yeah. and um, John uh, the Baptist. and Yeah. Um, our folks here—so the folks from our fellowship, our church here— Yeah they thoroughly enjoyed that yeah. um and there's still one or two people who will occasionally out of the blue hey you talk to jared i'm like yeah yep, <laughs> yeah what's he up yeah. to And i'm like well yeah. oh, you know so um so let's kind of get into some of your story and yeah. we can go back and and start wherever you'd like um but so um You know, you have been in student ministry for longer than the average bear and then rolled out of that into pulpit ministry. And then there was a transition most recently out of pulpit ministry and into prayer ministry. So there's a lot of moving parts and pieces and transitions. But let's start even before that. I I don't want to run out of time. I do want to get to the 24-7 prayer movement um but let's go back uh because there's some of this i know there's a lot of it i know but there's some i don't right so um let's just start with like a call to ministry like so okay. that's a that's a term a phrase that's thrown out a lot yeah. we're going way back yeah and ah. we are we yeah, are yeah. but my point is how many times in your uh student ministry career did yeah. you have a, a teenager or a young adult, twenty-something, mm-hmm. come to you and say, "Hey, Jared, I think I'm being called to ministry"?
1: Yeah, and so you try to walk that out with them and, mm-hmm. and process that with them because and um and I'm relating that to my call mm-hmm. and my experience because that's what I that's what I did each time that happened. I'm, I was like, okay, what did that look like? for me. So for me in my life, um, I had several youth pastors. Um, oddly enough, um, my senior year of high school, we said goodbye to a youth pastor that we had. Well, wow. um, uh, you know, that was kind of walking me through that. And mm-hmm. then, so we were without a youth pastor for, for six or eight months, which was like my first year in college. Mm-hmm. And I did community college. Um, and so it was over, it was over that summer in between, um, high school and college, we had, we had graduated and we went to, um, we went to Washington DC on a mission trip and, um, we were working in a soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. up there and the youth pastor at the time. So that was like the last thing he went on with us or something. It was so shortly in that fall or so. I can't remember the timeline on, on that, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, we were, we were parking like downtown. And so because of that, the, you would have to go out there and put like coins in the parking meter. And so one particular time, so we're in the soup kitchen. Let me back up. We're in the soup kitchen and we're like cutting up vegetables and stuff that, that grocery stores had donated. hmm that were going bad. So we would cut the bad spots off and then chop the vegetables up and all that kind of stuff. And, um, so three things I remember from that trip very vividly. The first was when we were in the soup kitchen, uh, one day we had the little gloves on, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I flipped my finger back in the glove So, like the finger sticking, oh, the glove's still sticking out. And I like whacked that tip off, like with uh, the glove off with my, I mean, you know me, like all the way back in high school, same, it's the same, it's the same version, right? Different, different. Isn't that like a Taylor Swift thing for like all, are they Swifty fans, right? Listening, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. And uh, I just remember like being like, oh my gosh, Jim. And I picked my hand up and he's like, the knife's down there and like the, like the finger to the, uh, like the gloves on the table. And he just goes like nuts. And then I was like, just kidding. And like, he was like, that's not funny. Like, I mean, the whole, just like you or I would have done to a teenager. Yeah. And then, and then I couldn't be honest about Jim. It was his name. Like it was kind of a tumultuous relationship. Like when he came, like we, we bucked him. Like, I I don't know what it was. And we just didn't see like who he was, like Mm. how much he loved us as teenagers. And he, there was some other youth pastor on that trip and me me and some other guys, we were just like, I mean, we were just doing teenage guy stuff. It wasn't like we were doing like hurting anybody or, I mean, it Mm -hmm. wasn't even, I mean, looking back even now as a youth pastor, I'm like, there was nothing wrong with that. (laughs) And Jim went in there and like, I thought he was going to fist fight that other guy. He was like, these are my guys. If you have a problem with them, oh yeah." and we were just like, this is our boy. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was weird because it was like, he was on the way out and yeah. we were and like, it was like, man, I, like, I think back on that and it's like, what a, what an arrogant, you know, guy I was. And so many of it, because we, it, it wasn't until he was leaving that we saw who he really was.
0: He realized, yeah.
1: And so the, the third thing on that trip, he, he got me to go out one day and, and help him put coins in the meter, mm-hmm. the parking meter. And when we were out there, um, we saw, We looked over to the dumpster where we were throwing like the, the vegetables away that we couldn't do anything with. Mm-hmm. And there was a baby stroller there with a baby in it. And at first, I was like, "Like, I mean, I'm from South Georgia. You know what I mean? I've, I've been around, but you know, I was like, what the heck? Like, there's a baby in here. And then we hear somebody in the dumpster, and it's the mom, and she's digging through what we were throwing out. Mm. You know, and I was just like, Oh my gosh. So it wasn't in that moment. It was, it was, uh, we got back. Um, I was set to go to Abac, which is down in Tifton, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I was going to be, I was going into the forestry. That's what my grandfather had done on my dad's side. Um, he planted trees and, uh, you know, some other stuff, but, um, so I was going, like I was set. like I had all my classes picked out. I had written my check for the first, um, quarter um You know, that's how old we are um, mm-hmm. at the quarters, or quarters. yeah. And so we're back sharing with it to the church about it, and it was like one of these really weird, like, um, out of body whatever experiences that you hear about, and you're like, oh, "I didn't happen that way, surely." But it is like we were, we were, we got up and shared, and I was just like, and I, I was going through like a spiritual awakening,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: that uh, that whole summer, I would say. And, you know, to the point where I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll live vigorously for you, like in my career, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give, you know, and all these kind of things. And, and, um, we were singing like the little last song that night and then, you know, I was like feeling God speak to me. And I know for some people, they're like, what, what does that mean? And I think, I think it's different things for different people. It's not necessarily sure. awful. Sometimes it's just a feeling. Um, and I remember like arguing like, well, if you want me, you got to take me and just like grabbing the pew and legit, believe it if you don't uh, or, or what that matter. Close my eyes and we're sitting there singing. And then like I open them I'm in front of my pastor, Shep Johnson, you know, and he's like, so you're telling me you want to go into full time Christian ministry. And I was like, yep. And I was like, what the, you know, like, what is this yeah. guy happening in here? and you want me to share this with the church tonight? And I'm like, yep. And, uh, ironically, my parents were out of town. Uh, they were, they were both school teachers and it was like the week before school started. So, um, I was the last one out of the house and, uh, I called them and told them and it was weird because, uh, not weird. Um, you know, those of us that, that have faith uh, in things understand, but my mom was like, yeah, I told your stepdad, uh, we almost came home cause we felt like this was going to happen. Cause they oh, knew wow. after the mission trip, And she said, you don't know this, but um, we've met with Brother Shep several times because we felt like this is what you were supposed to be doing. And and we were struggling with that. Like we didn't want to push you. And I was just like, whoa. So then I call my grandfather on my mother's side, who's at the time was a retired Southern Baptist pastor. And he told me, he said on on the phone that night, he said, I knew from the moment you were born that you were going to go into ministry. And I've saved my whole library you know, for you. So this is like the dwindled. I got a bunch of them in storage Now I got like mm-hmm. this huge and it was just like, oh my gosh. So, so I went in the ministry and the youth pastor, we, we got a new youth pastor that year. It was when I went off that summer missions experience was that, my, that was my first summer in college. I'd gotten involved in like collegiate ministry in college and, um, our campus minister, he challenged all of us. He said, I would just challenge you to give one of your summers as a college student, the summer missions i was like okay so i went to cleveland tennessee and this new guy while he moves in while i'm gone he starts writing me letters i mean old-fashioned right right New letters. youth pastor yeah the new youth pastor she okay. lives in alabama now and he says um brother shep's told me all about you i'm excited to hear that you're going into ministry and i don't want to help you mm. In that, and so he loved on me and grace, and let me make a lot of mistakes, and like uh, serve as an intern, and um, we led uh, the youth praise band. You know, we got that going when I was an um, undergrad there at home. He handed off the, the the middle school ministry to me and a friend of mine, and one of the parents. We were at that point where we were trying to split it and he said how about y'all take it do whatever you want to just let me know keep me in the loop and you know he, he wasn't like totally hands off but he wasn't sure. in there teaching yeah and uh dude we went in there the first night we, we had the kids like we had like 10 kids in there the first night just middle schoolers and we were we were young and naive and we were like i can't even remember the numbers i want to think it was like 80 kids so we were like if you average 80 kids for six weeks and 80 of them have bibles with them um i'll dye my hair blonde and he'll dye his hair green and we were like there's no way they'll do that so they're like at school the next day like making flyers and crap yeah and like my mom will take you to church help us dye our middle school interns like hair blonde and stuff like that yeah yeah so whatever the week like if it was six weeks whatever it was (laughs) they hit it (laughs) <laughs> it was like boom. and we were like now at the salon ble- bleach blonde in our hair so it's just wow. that's how he was and his and his mantra and it's what i leaned on when 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 i've helped other people he said just try everything out like try out you like go 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 work in this or, or whatever and 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 so just having those people you know that goes back to community right is is that community is is allowing people to be a part of the process, right? Even, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't look, I mean, we're both parents, sometimes letting our kids do it, isn't going to be the way we did, would do it. Sometimes it's going to take longer. Sometimes it's going to cost a little bit more money and sometimes the outcome isn't going to be what we might would want. That's, that's part yeah, of it. I mean. And so had I not had that, I, I don't know that I would be where I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we, you know, so we went into that and then I was at pine forest for like 20 years.
0: Yeah. So uh, how he, did you end yeah, up? there
1: like for like 10. Yeah. Like how did 25? you end up
0: in Pine Forest?
1: So Steve I, Patton. I don't, I, I
0: don't know that story. Yeah.
1: Steve Patton, who was the senior pastor at the time, he, um, we got, my wife and I got married in 2005. And I'm from Louisiana. That's where mm-hmm. I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so we honeymooned on the Gulf Coast. We came back and it was like a month later or something was when Katrina hit. You know okay. and it and it punched new orleans mm-hmm. the teeth and that's where i was born you mm-hmm. know i was born right across the the lake lake pontchartrain.
0: pontchartrain yeah
1: yeah and so that was home for me you know and it was like that was my that was my people and so i was in Hazelhurst at the time at a church and um
0: doing youth work or
1: doing youth work down there okay and the pastor there knew the senior pastor here and he said hey we're going to go on a mission trip i want you to go and where I saw oh, we're going," he said, "He said we're going to New Orleans." And I said, "Okay." So we were one of the first groups in after Katrina. the deal, and wow. we were like, we were setting up food banks and stuff. And um, so we went with Pine Forest, and then so Steve and I got a relationship, and um, he was. Um, we were talking one time, and he, their youth pastor at the time, was went to seminary, and he told me we were doing. We're doing a spiritual SMAS, You know what it is, but mm-hmm. for those that don't, it's just a re- spiritual like retreat weekend. So we were working it together as clergy. I was still in Hazelhurst, and he he was talking to me about youth ministry and just my ideas and stuff. And he said, "Hey, our our youth pastor, I think he's gonna um, head off to seminary. He was gonna move off like to seminary.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would love to prick your brain whether, whether you interview or just I pick your brain on, on youth ministry on, on on who we hire and stuff like that." And I was like, "Okay, I see. Yeah, that'd be great." Uh, so in the meantime, when I was in Hazelhurst, somebody had just passed away and gave us, gave the the youth ministry collectively like a million or a million and a half dollars. Uh, no, it was like two and a half million dollars collectively to the youth. What?
2: Ministry.
1: Yeah. Like some of it was in endowments and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so there were like two endowments and then there was like a chunk left to build a student center. Wow. And they were like, Hey, why don't you be on the building committee? And then we get in the building committee. And I I had done some work in in college and stuff in like a sports park, not bar park with like go karts and arcades and stuff. So I had managed one of those. So I had some experience in that kind of area and stuff. And I look back at my life and just there's been things like that that I shouldn't have had the opportunity to do, but then Mm -hmm. it's positioned me for something else later on. And that was one of them. And then we get on the building committee. And I think more. Uh, and, and I love them. And I would say this if they were in the room with me, I think more out of like the fact that they were like, well, he's on staff. <laughs> so they were like, he can be the building chair. So here I am at like, you know, 28, 29 years old, chairing a building committee to build like a half million dollar student facility, wow. which in 09 was like crazy. And they were kind of like, here's like, do whatever you want like designing it and stuff like that. And we, we picked an architect that I knew that had family connections to. And it was crazy because after that, that building had been open for like four or five months. We hadn't even had the grand opening with the community yet. And I just felt the Lord saying like, it's time, but like your time here is done. And I was like, like what? Like, I just like, I just got to roll on a, piece of paper what i wanted and they gave it to me and and it, it kind of blew the church's mind um blew my mind blew people and it, even like friends we didn't know each other then but i had colleagues in youth ministry they're like are you nuts
2: mm-hmm.
1: like you like what what are you doing um and then hindsight 2020 20. that was when the, the the stock market like crashed right yeah 708 yeah and so um the church really financially started struggling and, and looking back and and the pastor who was there at the, at the time it was a different pastor. he said you know it was good because he was mad when i let he's like, i can't believe yeah. you're doing this and he looked back he was like hey like it made it easier for the church because i don't think the church would have wanted to say like we can't afford you
2: mm-hmm.
1: but so so i called steve up out of the blue and i was like hey i don't know why i'm calling you but like he was like man and and steve is just like top notch like he's you know if he's listening
0: is he the uh, dude that we went turkey hunting with that time yeah yeah
1: okay okay. and so you know he was like yeah i wanted i was hoping you would call he they had had this position posted but he said and that was just his integrity he was like i wasn't going to call you and try to pull you away so i'm glad you called and i had met i'd come up here a couple times and uh interviewed and my wife was like, we're moving to Dublin, aren't we? And I was like, yeah, I think so. She was like, have they offered you the job? And I was like, no, nah. do you know how much they're going to pay? And I was like, no, nah, but we're moving. And that was the conversation when they called and offered me the job. They said, we voted, we went and we offered you the job. We need to figure out what we're going to pay you. And I was like, well, I'm coming
2: <laughs> yeah. now.
1: Let's figure out what y'all are going to pay me. Yeah. So that's how it happened. And I was there, it was like nine or 10 years in that role. Um, really, and really, youth and associate. I was preaching every Sunday sure. yeah. by the time I left, unless I was out of town with a youth event or on vacation. Mm-hmm. They had three services going on at the time. <laughs> the church wanted me to be on staff there, like as an associate, as an appointed deal. And that's kind of how it worked in our system. Mm-hmm. The DS, which was the same guy that sent us the license school we were talking about earlier, he kept saying, No, you need your own church. And then he calls me out of the blue, and something happened at this church where like the pastor that that was going to go out there something fell through or something, you know, I don't know the details. And he was like, here it is. And it was like, it was a really good first appointment. You Mm -hmm. know, I literally moved 10 miles down the road because they had a parsonage,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, I didn't have to take a pay cut to go into ministry. That was one of our concerns. You don't want to destitute your kids and
2: yeah,
1: and all that kind of stuff. And it was good. It was, it was a great six years that we were out there. Um it was a small and you
0: grew the church. I mean, through yeah. you the, the Lord was so faithful. The Lord was very in, faithful in that All ministry. I mean. We did
1: we did a lot of stuff out yeah. there and it wasn't me, you know, and I say that it wasn't me. It was oh, still yeah. yeah. It yeah. was of um course. I know you know that, you know. I yeah. just um you know, but we buried a lot of folks out there too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was an older congregation. Um we buried a lot of people that I got really close to. Mm-hmm. And that hurt. I mean, you know that you, oh, you're yeah. in that, you're in that zone now. It was different when I was at other churches on staff because you're like a youth. You don't, you don't do a lot I'm of sure. youth when you do. They're tragic. And, um, you know, but, you know, just a lot of people. So while we were, while we were out there, uh, COVID hits. Yeah. You know, and uh, we're in the middle of COVID, um, and that's really when I started getting involved with twenty four seven prayer, and and specifically the order of the mustard seed, which is like a scattered monastic movement.
0: Okay, let's people. talk more about that. This is where yeah. I really <laughs> lean into. Okay, yeah. so um, you had experience at some point, somewhere along in your journey, you had experience with IHOP. If I got that right, or not? Right? Not IHOP. Okay, what it was, was it? So, yeah. So the 24-7 prayer,
1: the, the guy who started 24-7 prayer and the Order of the Mustard Seed re- revived it. That's actually, a, it okay. like goes way back to Cowboys okay. and like way back to the Moravians. Okay. His name's right. Pete Gregg. Okay. So Pete, I had met him at um, a couple of conferences okay. that he, he had spoken at and started like, he became uh, like a paper mentor. To me. Like I was just devouring everything he was putting out and everything, and he would talk about like this order, this mustard order of the mustard seed kind of thing, and I was kind of like, "That's not me usually." And and I think the first time you probably heard me talking about, it, you were like, "Dude, like something happened to you?" Because it's not. that's yeah. usually not something you or I would be like, "Let's do." So
0: what we, is it? What is the order of the mustard? seed? So the order of the
1: mustard seed, um, and it is. It's a part of the twenty four seven prayer movement. Okay. Um, the way I describe it to people, they're two sides of the same coin. Okay. So 24 seven prayer is like this corporate expression and the order of the mustard seed is this, is this personal, like I'm taking vows. Like you take, take a vow when you go, you go through a season of exploration and you go through a, a year long season of preparation where you're in a cohort together, you're reading things together, you're learning about the order and like not just the order, but like the tenets of the order. So in the order, you take a vow to be true to Christ, to be kind to all people, and to take the gospel to the nations. Okay. Very basic Judeo-Christian. Yeah. I like yeah, it. Right. And which was, always, I was like, okay, yeah, I can sign up for that. And then within that, there are two practices attached to each of those. So when we talk about being true to Christ, we talk about um, living a, prayerful, a lifestyle of prayer, mm-hmm. um, celebrating creativity in the church and ourselves. When we talk about being kind to all people, we talk about practicing hospitality
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we talk about, um, exercising justice and mercy. Okay. Uh, those two are, those two are connected to you can't separate the two of them. Uh, and then we talk about taking the gospel to the nations. We talk about committing ourselves to life of learning because we mm-hmm. can't go into the world if we don't want And I think that's a big mistake because this, a whole nother podcast that we make. We just kind of go into areas and, and do things.
2: you you know for people and
1: it's not really good um and then through learning um that that leads us into mission and and evangelism into those areas so this so going into the water you 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 take a you take that vow to do that and you create a rule of life like this is how i'm living those out in my so it's like i'm being intentional about that so as i'm reading these things and i'm reading about um these prayer rooms and opportunities that are going on around the world. So if you want to know more about those things, just by let's go ahead and throw that out. So you can just go to 24 seven prayer.com. Yeah. And then there's also 24 seven prayer So that'll take you more to like stuff on, on here in the States scene. Okay. But there's two books, particularly um, red moon rising and dirty glory.
2: Okay.
0: Uh,
1: those are the story of how 24-7 prayer started. So Pete Craig goes um, to Hernhut, which is where the Moravians were, and finds out that the Moravians have been praying 24 hours a day for like hundreds of years. Amen. Man. Like still to this day. Yeah. They really created the, the, the missionary movement as we knew it.
2: Okay. They
1: were sending. So in our world, we're Wesleyan in the Methodist claw. It was the Moravians that John Wesley met on the boat.
0: That's right, yes. That
1: drew him in yes, yes. really to a deeper relationship with Christ. He was kind of having that moment of being like, I think I'm a phony. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I, like, I, don't, I, I believe. It's pre-Alder's Gate. Like, yeah.
0: That's pre-Alder's Gate. Yeah. So, yeah. so
1: he hung out with them on the boat to America. He had a horrible experience in America. He yes, goes he back did. and sees them again. And these yeah. Moravians, they're like in the lowest of the low on the boat. So they're paying their way over there by swabbing the decks and all those kind of things. And yeah. people are like making fun of them and ridiculing them stuff. And they're like, kind to all people. Yeah. Being true to Christ. And then on um, one of those journeys, he sees them in a storm. Like, and, and everybody's like, We're gonna die. Now I mean, think the apostle Paul, like the New Testament, yeah. they're like yeah, they're yeah. like, We're gonna die, I like throw everything over. And the Moravians are over there just sitting chill, like
0: like Jesus took there, yeah, yeah, like
1: this is cool. So he sparks a relationship with them and then starts going to, to prayer meetings with them. And that's the already great experience that he that he has uh, happened. Some of the Arabians went into um, the uh, the Caribbean, sold themselves into slavery
0: on purpose,
1: on purpose so that they could spread the gospel. And they only know about this because they quit sending letters back because they're slaves and they go over. They send some people to find out what happened. And they're like, yeah, your people sold themselves into slavery so they could share the
0: gospel. With this, with super- other indentured people.
1: Yeah. And so wow. Pete on his sabbatical goes and he checks this out. And he's like, you know what? Like, if they can pray like this, maybe maybe our church. He's at Emmaus Road um, in Guilford uh, over, in, over in the UK. And he said, maybe our church can pray for a week. And that's how the twenty four seven prayer movement started. So incidentally, it started and now it's it's worldwide, every major denomination is in countries. Um, it started within I can't remember how many months of IHOP, Kansas City. So there were like there were like three or four huge prayer movements that people know of. Maybe they don't know of all of them, but they sure. like there are people that know about International House of Prayer that don't know about twenty four seven and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It was like three or four of them that started creepily in the same <laughs> like chunk of time kind of sweet yeah and so the emphasis of 24 7 prayer is not uh you know one of the i guess the misnomers is like do you pray 24 hours a day seven days a week and you you don't necessarily you know do that there are times of concentrated prayer you know when you do that um so i was going through this this thing in the order of the mustard seed and and preparing for that uh whether i take vows into this group or not during covid like during the height of shutdown, I'm reading all these stories of, you know, these different expressions of faith, reaching people who aren't being reached. And I'm hearing people that are like, I can't wait. We go back the way things were. Yeah. And I started having just this inner restlessness of like, I don't know that I want to go back to the way things were, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know that uh, maybe I'm being called into something else. So that's 2000 and I just kind of struggled with that. And I and it was this inner struggle that that started, um, and then within our denomination there was this schism thing going on that wh- whether you know about the United Methodist Church or not, you can you can read about it. But the biggest thing that was going on was these churches talking: about, do they disaffiliate or not, and what what did they disaffiliate into and stuff. And so I'm trying to be faithful to my church to lead them through that. Um, and, and do that with integrity and, and, and heart and everything. And, and still not really knowing what I'm doing because I'm, I'm still process. I mean, you and I have talked about that in my I was, This was a couple oh, year yeah. process for me. Yeah. And I was like, what do I do with this? And, um, but also in the back of my mind, I'm like, you don't, you don't leave your church in the middle of all this. Right. You know, I, I even knew a church that like that they were hiring a pastor in the middle of that their pastor had left before COVID, but they didn't have one yet. And during the COVID stuff, they were interviewing somebody. And I was talking to him at one of the local restaurants and they were excited about it. And I said, you know, me, like, I just kind of say things. And this guy was like the chair of that, their committee searching. I said, well, do the first question I'd ask is like, why are you leaving the church, your church in the middle of a pandemic? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Is that who you want, you know, coming and, um, so we we entered into that disaffiliation process. Our church did of, of kind of working through that, and the church leadership they said, "You know, we we framed it as y'all have a decision and I have a decision." And I didn't know what I was going to do, and I said,
0: "Which is so taxing, right?" It is. I mean, you like went through all it, it, the friends that we have in yeah. ministry and our in our kind of background. No matter where you align theologically yeah. on the issues, yeah. just it, it just. So wore a slap out. Yeah, taxing. Yeah, and, and still is. I mean, I, yeah. I still have friends, literally. And so, yeah, I mean that are just. I mean, just ground down to yeah. To and just that's a, what it was for me. So it was this combination of like, man, COVID.
1: I'm these, covet COVID, yeah. and then this, and then yeah. this. Like you're bur- and you went through the COVID. It was like that was. It was polarizing in our churches where that oh, you yeah. know, was just like it just. So all those things just wore me out, and I and I got to this place where I was like,
0: I need a break and I need a rest,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And so, so how does that look? Is so uh, I know how it looks in your life because I know where the story's yeah. going. For a person who doesn't step away from pulpit ministry, yeah, what does that look like? So I is that, think is it yeah.
1: doable? I think, and first of all, I'll say this. I did it wrong and I say that I should not have gotten to the point that I got to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is the way I feel about it, looking back at it. Um, it w- it was mind blowing to me that when, um, so I went, I went to Portland in 2021 yeah. to the international gathering, um, 24, yeah. seven prayer USA. And I met a guy out there. And we were walking through stuff and, and, and he's talking to me, we're having lunch and I just look up at him and I'm like, I mean, I got fry in the hand wiping, you know, hamburger grease off my chin. Cause I was just like, I went out there to meet Joe. Like, that was why I, like in my mind, I was like, if nothing else, I, I need to. Like, I just knew this was like an ordained conversation.
0: You called and, me. You called yeah. me in the airport on your way home, waiting yeah. for your flight to tell yeah. me about. Yeah,
1: and, and I just looked at him. and I was like, "So you're telling me I need to quit?" And it was one of these like emotional vomit things that, like, I had been packing away. And you know, you try to angle in your own life, even sure. and wrap around. And it just kind of came out and he's like, no, I'm not telling you that. I mean, so this is the fall of 2021. So now I'm like, I'm dealing with this and I get home and I process this with my wife and everything. And so the church is still doing their thing. And we had told them, we were like, we're not going to tell you what we're doing until you make it. Like, I don't want you to make a decision based on on what I'm doing. And I'm just like wrestling with it. And, And still, even then I'm kicking it back and forth and everything. And then. So finally they had their vote and I sat down with our leadership and um, I was like, Hey, I got to have a break. Like I said, I'm, I'm worn out and I'm just burnt out. And what was
0: their, response to that? their response
1: was, was, was just pure graciousness. I mean, oh, at wow. first
0: they were like, is that what you expected?
1: I didn't know what to expect really. I was like, oh. I didn't, I mean the whole, cause I'm just like, what am I like? Who does this? Yeah. Like, yeah I got to. Uh, at the time, uh, a 12 year old and a 13 year old,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I'm like, what, what am I, like, there's a part of me that's like, what am I doing? So I picked up and when I was in Portland, I walked out and I picked up a rock off the street and I'm picking, I'm carrying it around. I'm like, this is my I quit rock. So anytime I'd have a conversation, I was like, I
0: quit. Yeah, rock, really. is What you said? Yeah.
1: And so I just carried it around and I would just pick that up and like, okay, uh, this is like, I remember, I remember how I felt sitting in that booth with Joe.
2: Yeah.
1: I remember the resolution that I had in that. And so they, at first, I mean, they were like, D- Do you need a break now? And I'm like, I'm, I'm fine now. Like, what I'm seeing is, like, I'm starting to see warning signs that something's going to happen. There's not moral failure in, in my family. Sure. My yeah, kids yeah. aren't like going yeah. to YDC or, you know, whatever. I said, But I, I realized, like, this isn't like the way the way I've been doing this is wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm burnt out. And, you know, what did roll to COVID and a disaffiliate? I mean, those are kind of once in a lifetime things back to back, right? Back you hope, to right?
0: back. Yeah.
1: I, so I don't know if you took those out, what, what my level of, you know, rest and all that would have been an emotional drain and all. You know, I, I don't know what to say, but I know that's what I went through. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and then they were like, what if, what if we gave you three months off? Would you come back? And I was like, you know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I really don't think I would, though. I, I think I think God's getting ready to call us into something else. And um, which kind of blew my mind. And through the whole process, they were like, if at any moment you decide, like, like this isn't something we can't come back from,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and I and which it, is and,
0: a compliment.
1: Yeah, it, I it, mean it, that's a
0: compliment. I, and it was grace and love, and it was a yeah. gift from them. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because you know how sometimes when you leave some some, and, and it's not just ministry. I mean, even in, in a secular job, like if you say like, "Hey, I'm moving on to something else," even it's be- bigger and better, or it's just something else. There's a moment where where people are like, "Okay, we're done with you." A lot of times,
0: I had never experienced that. Yeah, I mean, I I yeah. really haven't. That, and uh...
1: so for me, the the crazy thing then became, you know, ministry colleagues.
0: Mm-hmm. oh yeah
1: the majority of them would they would say oh I'm sorry
2: because
1: mm-hmm. I'm like and I'm taking a break I'm taking a three month sabbatical I'm sorry I'm like why are you like nothing's wrong why are you sorry Like it should like, be the norm yeah it should be the norm uh, and then then there was there was a whole group of people that would look at me with just like tears in their eyes and they would say and and, and if I like you might not know them but in my community if mm-hmm. I like if they played this on the radio station locally, like if I named names, it would be churches and people that would blow people's minds. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh I don't know, certainly not them that they look at me with tears in their eyes and they're like, I wish I could do that. I'm I so wish. Good.
0: Yeah. Me too. Yeah. 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 And I might
1: like, just do like, you got to make it a prior. Like nobody would have done this. So, so for me in that three months, I just shut down like ministry wise. I, I didn't do anything. We put the 24 seven prayer stuff on hold um so what and, did
0: you do for three months i know you're doing manual labor i know that yeah I saw, so
1: um i'm a, i'm on a chain gang No, that's what it sounded like when you say that so oh, sorry I, no
0: <laughs> I, I think when yeah. you get into the order of the franciscans and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, going back through yeah. that line you know yeah. the little brothers of yeah yeah saint frank and the manual labor part yeah. there's a part of that that appeals to me like yeah. this living primitively yeah. and sweating
2: yeah
0: and so for me, and I don't want to be controversial. But few sure. The few
2: times
1: the Powerball in Georgia has gotten really high, and I've gotten a ticket,
2: <laughs>
1: I haven't won, so I'm not independently wealthy. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: so I knew I had to do something to pay bills. I had done landscape a lot of landscaping, a lot of irrigation stuff in the past. I said, well, okay, I'm going to do this. I think I think we can make a go of this. Um, and so I did that. I stepped out that in June, which is weird for landscaping because most people that have.
2: Yard people already stuff, them, yeah, So yeah.
1: but from then to now every bill I've had has been paid. Um oh, the business is making money. Um, you know, so which is kinda of, not kinda of, it's very unheard of in the small business realm. So I did that. I didn't do any kind of public ministry for those three months. It was crazy. How was, had, how
0: was that though? Did you know it was did odd. you feel was, lost?
1: I did it it took me it took me about three to four weeks. Mm-hmm for it to feel normal
0: yeah the first couple weeks had you gotten to where you had allowed what you did to become who you are
2: oh
1: yeah
0: was there a point was like i'm not a pastor so what do i do now
1: yeah very much so because also my style of ministry your style of ministry was that like it was my life Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know what i'm saying so like my kids Like I would take kids with me to visitations if it was appropriate, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that, and then that ruffled some people's feathers. But I was like, "This is this is who I am. This is the way I was taught and trained to do ministry." And so, yeah, sometimes we're we're on the way to a ball game, but we're going to come by and visit you. Now, if yes. it was something you know that they didn't need to, sure, sure. So yeah. it was very much a, a way of life and, and who we were and, and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, it was very it was very hard. But in those first couple of weeks, it did feel like. I was on vacation, you know, or or something, Mm -hmm. you know, like that. Like, oh, you'll be going back. So it took me about a month to be like, no, you're not like this is it. Um, But I had people calling like friends, like the day that was my last day at my church. Mm -hmm. And like I was stepping into this sabbatical. So like people were like calling me. I bet I got two or three job offers a day.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's people because like, cause the human nature isn't like, yeah. the human nature isn't like, you don't really need a break. You're not really burned out. Yeah. You just want to shift. You want a job change. You want a, a salary and, and a, were, raise or, yeah, And there
1: were people in the community. I think there were probably even some people at the church that were waiting on me to say, okay, here's here's this job I've got. Here's where I'm really going. Model. Yeah, yeah. But people would be like, hey, and like friends would be like, I, I, I get you, man. I know you need a break. Hey, do you yeah. want to come and be on my staff? And I'm like, no.
0: Yeah. Um, what does so it now, say about us—keep the yeah. train of thought—what does it say about the North American church when the concept of sabbatical is so foreign Yeah. that, that people are like, okay, but now really what are you going yeah. to do? You know what I mean? That people can't because, be like, praise God, good yeah. on you, you get a break. I only knew of—you and
1: I, I mean, I, I think hundreds— Probably a thousand, I wouldn't say thousands of pastors and ministry people that I know, but certainly that I've met on a lot. Oh, yeah, sure. At different things. I only knew of like three people who had done anything like I did. Yeah. And so it was like there was a loneliness and like who do I reach out to?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In that. And so there was a Baptist pastor friend of mine and he's older. And, and and like I would have people, but that would be like, hey, I want to walk you, th- walk with you through this, and I'm like, how? Like, you have you ever done it? No. Well, then I don't. I love you, and I appreciate your your empathy and your prayers and your support, but I don't need you leading me through open heart surgery if you've never done it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so I didn't do anything, any kind of public ministry or anything, and I just it was it was it was awesome.
0: Was it really? That was my next question. Like, what's able, that like,
1: man? To be able to go to church with my family to have no responsibilities. So we we got plugged back into the church that i had served at for like ten years. So you went back we'll to have, Pine Forest, pretty much back at Pine Forest. Yeah, that's okay. what my you know people were like. Where are y'all going? And I'm like, I don't care.
2: As long so, as it's like. A so is it refreshing
0: we or weird or both? Like to be in the room and not have to be at the front of the room. To 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 come yeah, in and a little just bit be of both. Able... Okay. A little bit of
1: both. So. Yeah, you know, I've had this unique relationship with Pine Forest because when I stepped away, I wasn't a senior pastor stepping away. I was a youth pastor and sure. a, like associate, to, by and yeah. large, going somewhere. But because I was in such close proximity, we had but done very a lot
0: of- much a cornerstone of that congregation, though. Yeah, I mean, very much a a a a, 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 a You were a piece, a major. Yeah component of that fellowship
1: yeah and to look because like at the point when i came back six years later there were there were students and and then i had been there mm-hmm. for nine ten years so that's 15 years mm-hmm. altogether mm-hmm. there were students that i had in student ministry that are now like back adults that are like mm-hmm. serving so that that's neat
2: yeah
1: um to see but but my my whole mentality was we had gone to church as a family that was dictated by where i worked
0: yeah 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 it's hard was, to work like, it's hard to I like, where you right?
1: yeah i was like y'all pick and so our and our kids were like this is what we know so we went back there and so so then in the process and i was kind of like you know me and my personality and i and i was like and i had people that kept me in check on it you were one of them you know whether you knew it or not and, and um where i was that would like no you're you're not you can't you can't do that yet because i was once I locked in and it was like, okay, this is going to be, this is where God's sending us is into this 24 seven prayer. Yes. Pray. Cause we were working on it anyway, mm-hmm. that was going to happen. And it was like this collective group of people. And then when it was like, when I was stepping away, it was like, okay, we'll take this thing and, 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 you know, let's, let's really blow this thing out and do this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that, that's where we're at now is launching this new expression of faith through 24-7 prayer, um, and we're doing it here in Lawrence County. So it's really it's really a threefold purpose. Uh, one is just to catalyze prayer in the community. Okay. Um, is
0: it connected so, to any church?
1: It's not. So there are churches that awesome. are coming on board and we're forming partnerships with. Awesome. Um, so um, like this Saturday, we're leading, we're, we lead uh, downtown prayer walks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, we've led um for churches um like uh you know uh prayer vigils that they had within their church and said so, can you can you lead this for us oh sweet um, I didn't know
2: that. Ago, yeah.
1: Awesome! So you reached out to me and you were like hey um i got oh, this for our
0: night of prayer yeah, yeah we had a night of prayer yeah
1: yeah y'all had a night of prayer and y'all had a lot of sickness and stuff going on you're like mm-hmm. and that's the thing about a lot of what we're doing it's like kind of encapsulated by our conversation you're like i've got the i've got the knowledge to do this but i don't have the bandwidth of the time right now because you had yeah. so many people who were sick and it was a night of prayer for healing do you have any any resources for that and i said here's some stuff like yeah. that i can send you right now and
0: we, and we printed and put it out and the people used it and yeah. they gave us feedback about how um applicable how much yeah. how, it, it was dialed in so it's doing stuff like that. Yeah. Uh,
1: a couple of weeks ago, there was like four, um, uh, worship leaders in the area that mm-hmm. they were like, let's have a night of worship. And so it was really, it was a really cool, beautiful thing. So on a Sunday night they did that. And then they reached out and said, Hey, can y'all lead our prayer time at the end? Sweet. We're each bringing like so many people from each church to be on the prayer team to pray. Can you like do a training session with them? And I'm not, like, yeah, that's all. We just want to, like, we want to bless you. So it's um, catalyzing prayer in the community, equipping the church in prayer. You know, as well as I know, like working in the church as long as I did and you're in it, like, you got good intentions, but sometimes you just get in the trenches of stuff and it's just like all these different things and we don't focus, yeah. you know, on prayer. So it's like, we're not trying to compete with, we're not trying to pull anybody away from the local church. Yeah. In that we want to bless you and we want to equip you in that. And then this third component is... Uh, reaching out to the marginalized mm-hmm. in society and building community you know, for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they could be homeless people. They could be people that have tattoos up and down their arms and they're in the skate community. I mean, there's a skate community in Dublin, Georgia. I know that mm-hmm. sounds, you've been here a couple of times. It's not a huge oh, yeah. community. Yeah. But, they're tatted up and they're laying you know, a long hair and they're the, the, the skate shorts and skate shoes. And, and while they might, and I think even a town like Macon or Warner Robins, where you were, it would still be mm-hmm. kind of odd to walk in. Like they're not walking into a local church here. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, you know, somebody who's dealt with drugs or alcohol or, you know, whatever. And they feel like ashamed because so they, they're in that way. Or they've been burned by the church. And so it's like, how do we create a space, a community, you know, for these people in that? So we'll have, there'll be um, a prayer room attached to what we're doing, like a house of prayer. Mm -hmm. We're calling it the Father's house. And um, so through that, it's reaching out to these people. Now, again, we're not trying to be the local church. Sure. But we're trying to create worship expressions that they would feel comfortable in, that probably even I will feel uncomfortable not because of theology or anything like that but it's not going to look like it's not going to be bethel and hillsong and the songs that we know because Mm -hmm. they're not in that culture in that so one of the things we do um we're doing it's called uh, open table where the premise is if you were here you would get to come for free the first time the next time you come you got to bring somebody with you that's unchurched
2: Mm.
1: and they bring something with them it's like a covered, like a potluck meal, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So if you knew, if you knew somebody genuinely didn't have something, one is like, it could be anything. I got a friend, um, their prayer room does it in North Carolina. She brings somebody who's like borderline homeless mm-hmm. who has, like, she picks her up and brings her, you know, cause they don't have a ride and they bring, they stop at the gas station and they get like the smallest bag of chips in the gas station.
2: Yeah
1: like less than a dollar and that's what they bring so they mu- very much in vain with you know y'all's uh hand. what's the the, the blessing saying y'all just did twice you know, blessed. yeah twice blessed where it's to say like you've invested like you have brought something to that we're not doing this meal for you
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're a part of this and i think that's that's a big element of community you know in that mm-hmm. is to say like we're in a transactional society and i think it is what it is i don't know that we will ever not be in a transactional society, Mm -hmm. but I think maybe we're looking for the wrong transactions a lot of time in the church. That's good. And so I think, um, you know, with our deal with the, with the open table it's where I would sit down. Like if if I bring a homeless family, my family and their family sitting down together at the table,
0: that's beautiful, man. And
1: we're eating together and the transaction is community.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And if, if I realize that everybody's created in the image of Christ, whether they're walking with Christ or not, maybe they're just in a burnt situation. The reality is they have something they can offer me too. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So it's allowing them to speak into my life, even if they're homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they're homeless, even if they're a drug Mm -hmm. addict. Yeah. Because we're in community and they've got something, I don't have to take everything, you know,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, in that. And then at the end of the meal, we break bread and just say, you know, like if you were there and if I didn't know you, I'd say, you know, Ben, thank you for giving your time. Cause you, mm-hmm. you've done that. You've trusted me with your night and your kids and your family. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. It's been a joy to get to know you, but more importantly than that, like God loves you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like just hear that, like whatever walk, whether you're, whether you don't believe or whatever, you, you know, God loves you and you break the bread, you hand on the bread, dip in juice. We don't bring them in there to preach at them or anything sure. like that. But when they say, Hey, what was that? Well, I'm glad you asked. You know, here's yeah. this. Now, yeah. here's this opportunity to present the yeah. gospel. And it's like, this is why we do what we do.
2: Yeah.
1: In that. But it's it's creating community. And, and it's just like what you've said. Like, people don't get that. They don't understand that. And it's why we hunger for that. Even, even I think in church situations, it's like we don't get community. Mm-hmm a lot of us have an experience and maybe we're trying to share what it is on some levels. Yeah. I think about going back to our conversation in the beginning, like this round table deal that we did Mm
2: -hmm. for a
1: lot of us in youth ministry. That was the first real community in ministry that we had because we were like, Oh, we're not alone. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, in this, I think back, you know, when I was in college, you were asking about my call to ministry. There was like a period of time in the church I grew up with. There was like, there was like eight or 10 of us that felt a call in the ministry. And it was the same guy, Paul, that kind of, he did, they did like our own little small group and everything with us. And most of us in that group are in some form or fashion of ministry still. And it's like, we were young and not like we would have charged hell with a water pistol. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's go. Like we were so oblivious. Like we, you know, the world had not.
0: Which is a good thing. It's a good thing. You didn't know.
1: Yeah, and it was a good thing. And yeah. then I wanted to, too, go back to what you had asked. Had had my ministry become who I was?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it certainly had. So I journaled through I journaled through my sabbatical time.
2: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: like, I, I don't know what I'll ever come out of. Somebody was like, you should write a book. And I was like, I don't know that I have enough wisdom to put into a book. But I also know there's a lot of people struggling like me who are in – and, I, and listen, if somebody's out, I don't want to think like the answer is to walk away from your ministry. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, but, um, but I will say like we got to not get there. Like I, I, I was in like danger territory. Like the the yellow light check engine light was was on had been on for a while,
2: mm-hmm. and it was
1: a court low. You know what I mean? You're
0: just uh, adding a little oil.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, yeah, there was this morning like as I was getting ready to launch out into to the sabbatical we had already moved back to our house here um because we were trying to get all that stuff done because um we were trying to get out of the parsonage so they could get it ready for a new pastor and all and I, I had this moment where I was like what about the, like who's gonna be like because that that was their thing they're like well who's gonna be our pastor and I'm like yeah you know, I don't I don't know like i'm yeah. that's not for me to decide and and I was just kind of like worried about them you know and and in my prayer time and and different things and i just remember very clearly the lord speaking to me saying like jared i care about you more than i care about your ministry Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it
1: was just like that took me back i was like oh like your soul and your well-being and the well-being of your family is more important to me than, than your ministry mm-hmm. not to say those people are that church or anything but no sure as well as ministry, he's like I can t- I'll take care of them
2: mm-hmm.
1: I get. let me take care of you you know too as well
0: so and that's uh, what the people that the people that we serve don't it, it, um, and this isn't in, in, even in my current context but the people yeah. that we serve the ones that are for you and the ones that fight you tooth and yeah. nail on everything oh yeah they don't the vast majority of them do not understand that it's not a job. Yeah. Like that you the things that keep you up at night aren't your kids as much as it yeah. is them, your yeah. ministry, your yeah. you know that that service and, mm-hmm. and the fellowship and um and and you know I've only been here 3 years. Um we we're in our starting our fourth year, but I've called Two of the senior pastors that I served under previously and said, Dude, you know, I'm I'm sorry like I apologize. There were times <laughs> there were times where I was really pushing and hammering for things in student yeah. ministry or college ministry. I had no clue. Like I was I was hyper focused on my two lanes. Yeah. And had no concept that you had thirty lanes you were trying to tend to.
1: Yeah, and everybody thought that theirs was the most important thing.
0: Always, always. Whatever your lane is, should be the priority. Yeah. Um, but until you're on the other side, until you're on the other side, there's I don't know that there's any way to know that until you're in it.
1: Yeah. It. it, it and and it's not. I don't know of another job where it's even remotely close. You know, you'll have people like you'll preach a sermon and you're you're walking out of the church thinking like, did that connect? Or you'll see where it yeah. did connect with somebody. And you're like, I need yeah. to I need to call them and, and check on them, Lord. Yeah. And somebody's like walking up and they're like mad about the air conditioner or something. And you're like, you know, mine and your cloth that we're cut from. It's like, yeah, I want to punch you in the face. Like that is not <laughs> a Sunday morning. Like call me on Tuesday. Yeah, to complain about the air conditioning, you know, or whatever. And so I, I think for me you know, as we talk about community and we, we've hit a couple nerves, you know, on that, but it's to say that like that idea that like my soul is more valuable and that's good than, than my ministry. Yeah. God, it's the same thing with other people. Yeah. And so as I, as I relate to other people, whether it's, and it did, it's great. I've got friends that, that I'll be talking to and like, you know, we'll, um, like if we go like hand out like um, it was funny the first time we did it we did burritos like mm-hmm. breakfast burritos and they were awesome my kids were like no, no these are awesome and I was like going around town like on a Saturday morning and I was like hey are you hungry you know we got some breakfast burritos like and these people would look at me like like I I don't know you what did that what was that little bubble thing I don't know any, what is that like some did you see that
0: yeah I did. It happened um, a couple episodes ago. I got to turn it off. So my friend people. Gabe, yeah. my friend Gabe listened to an episode. It may have been me and Corey or somebody, but it did the, the thumbs up bubble yeah. Yeah. and Gabe was listening to that episode the other day. And he sent me instructions on how to turn it off. I just I know, haven't yeah. done it yet. Yeah.
1: So, so they're looking at me like, who are you? Like, give me like a thing. But then it's like, maybe then I'm, then they're like, well, I'm not hungry now. I'm like, you want to take one for later? And they were like, and then I was like, and like, like most people were like, nah. And then I, I got home and I'm like, nobody wants to carry an egg burrito around in their backpack all day and eat it that night. They'd probably get, so we went to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, but it's that same. And like, I'll talk to friends I'm like, yeah, I was hanging out with these homeless people or me and my kid were down at the skate park and it's almost like that's what we got in the ministry for on a lot yeah. of levels and yeah. a lot oh, of times yeah. you get sucked up and you don't get to do it. And so some of my friends it's like, man, I wish I could come hang out. I'm I like, us go. Like, let's yeah, go down yeah, there. Yeah. and stuff. But it's that realization with them too. Like, so if it's a drug addict or whoever, like I don't have the power to change that person. Sure. And I think we say that quickly and I know you would agree with I'm not, I'm not, but I think for a lot of people we'll say that, but then we'll try to like change them. Yeah. And like, really, as I was thinking about that today, it's like, that's an, an attempt to elevate ourselves to a deity. Mm-hmm. Cause we don't have that power. You know, yeah, it's know. like so it's like, you know what, I'm gonna trust the Holy Spirit in that. And like if you're a drug like if you're a drug addict at home, like I, I don't care. Like I still love you, like let's hang out unless yeah. let's break the get bread together or let's I'm not gonna skate with you. You can skate, you know, with my kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me. I'll break my arm, yeah. And so, for, so what
0: you're me, doing, you're you're in and this is you know, but in the cohort that I'm in right now, you're you are creating fresh expressions. Yeah, when I mean, you're like doing it through, no, I, don't I don't either. I don't. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, um, but that's exactly what yeah. you're doing. Like, the more these, these guys that I'm hanging out with now, you would love them, dude. Yeah. You would freaking love them. If you hadn't yeah. listened to the episode with my friend Luke Edwards on here. I want to go back. So, I was, I was telling you go listen to
1: it. just so yeah. people know, like, I got to a point when I knew you wanted me on, I was like, I'm not going to listen to because I just wanted yeah. to come in, like, uh, raw. I knew my kid got it, and I knew every. You were asking earlier, was it work? Like, do I regret? Yeah. We were down at the skate park one night, and there's a guy, like an older guy, like my age, that's into skating. Mm-hmm. That my son has created a friendship with. Well, so I mean, when they're down there, this guy's like showing my kid how to, because I don't know how to skate. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and as a level, you you tr- you support your kids and all those different things.
2: Yeah.
1: But um, we get in the car, and and there's other kids that like come down there that like you know one day my kid was out there and with some kids they and like their skateboard was broken and it was one of those little i don't even know what they're called one of the little like small penny class. board
0: yeah it's like a penny board yeah
1: look at you skate lingo
0: zeke's uh, or wick's yeah. into it wick's a skater dude I so mean.
1: caleb's like have you ever gone down the half pipe he said i can't do it my board's broken and caleb's like use mine and caleb had just gotten like a legit skateboard we had gone to the there's a mm-hmm place in macon that we went yeah. to he he'd worked with me over the summer and so he would just gotten like a real deal and i was like dude i was like as a dad i was like dude i'm mm-hmm. super proud of him like he i mean that kid could have trashed that board and you know broken it first yeah. go down but then we get in the car and Caleb looks at me and he says hey can we come up here with a prayer room one night and cook hot dogs and just give them out awesome and i was like yes how, how old is he so he's 14, he'll be 15 in January. And I was he like, yes. It, so when we got back with the leadership, with the 24-7 prayer stuff, I was talking to him and I said, so whatever pace they go with this, I said, this is theirs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this this is uh, our kids. So as a leadership, like when we started, I said, hey, bring your kids. Like mm-hmm. we, we all got like teenage kids. I said, bring, like, let them be in on like, this is, they're the next generation of the, of the church, right?
0: Yeah, they're the of so, right now. They just don't so know. So
1: let them be in on these decisions. Yeah. You know, and I told him, I said, as much as I want to jump in there and be like, let's do this, this, and this. Yeah. It's this. So like, not me. It's like, dude. And he's like, hey, can I do like a Bible study or something like whatever? Like, I will support you and equip you. And I'm not going to send him out there, you know. Sure. What not being ready. So, so yeah. And it's, it's thinking like that's community. Mm-hmm right? When you're giving these people a place to feel like they belong to something. So one of the people, uh, we met down there, the hu- there's a husband and wife, the wife doesn't skate. So we were, we'd be like sitting over there, like talking. They got like bleachers and all works at home Depot. And so I'm in home Depot this week and she comes, Hey, how are you doing? And I, you know, and it's like a genuine, not like, Hey, welcome to home Depot. And it's like, yeah. okay, there's a connection. Mm hmm you know, with that person uh, in that. So it, it's been it's been a wild, wild, exciting
0: that you wouldn't never made if you were still in I mean, chances of making that if yeah. you were still in traditional pulpit ministry or slam. very slim. Because very slim. of the obligations and the yeah. you know
1: I even told a group of people I, so one of the things uh we do like I, I taught I taught a session on the Holy Spirit and prayer this fall at a church, like a six week session. I'm going to do another one for another church that we've partnered with. And they were asking, I said, yeah, this is one of the things we want to do. This is part of that ministry. You're not pulling, this is what we want to bless the church in that. So I was telling them like towards the end and they're like all church people in the room, like 12 people in there. And I was like, I said, like, I don't take this the wrong way. I don't, I don't like hanging out with people like y'all anymore. I said, I mean, I don't, don't take it the wrong way. It's like I like, I said,
2: yeah.
1: If you gave me a choice of being in here with y'all right now or being down at the skate park or down, under a bridge with homeless.
0: See, yeah. I think I'm a both you know, and man. I love church people. Yeah, I, I think I'm a both and. I'm I, I totally, do love them. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I could just sit with, like, I think about our men's group. You know? Yeah. Um, I think I'm a both and. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that it has to be an either or, but yeah. the non-traditional route. To be in the street or in the, to to be off campus, if you will, um, forming and building and reaching and just that evangelism. Um, There's some missional thread in there. Um, You know, it's like our church just this week. And this didn't dawn on me till today. So on Wednesdays, we go and feed, launch at the local hotel we have for, this is year three, I think. And there was a lady there today uh, where we we are in the process of helping her get her photo ID, which is, you know, a difficult thing to do because you have to have all these forms of whatever, identification, bank statements or whatever. Um, But she was asking, she was like, so I saw that y'all had a Christmas store Saturday and then you're... Yesterday y'all were in town working at a voluntary action place and then today you're here like what else do you have this week. And I'm like, "Well, tomorrow we have twice blessed." And yeah. and she yeah. was like, "Where is this church?" It's a lady right now that's yeah. living in the hotel. And uh I said, well, "We're about a, a mile, about a mile and a quarter, you know, up the road on the on the right back to the north and um she was like, "I I need to I need to come I need to come check y'all out. Yeah. Um I guess what I'm saying is it, it can be a both and yeah,
2: yeah. It's totally, just yeah.
0: it's just creating the time and space. I don't know what it was like when you were in pulpit ministry, man, but the uh I I don't know if the word is expectations. I don't know it's a it's a it's an interesting thing to try to to try to love your people well and still be um, evangelical, to, to to still be missional. Yeah. Um, it's hard. Those, yeah. those two things don't always coexist well. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and, and then, like, so one of the issues for us, like, the, the church was in a rural, you know, setting. Yes, so the church we was are like too, yeah. Minute, yeah. And we were in this, like, kind of little outset community.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, very much... You it's not dropping. like a downtown church where you were or where I was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, so that that had a, a different element, you know, mm-hmm. to it as well. Um, but it's like,
2: I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hands <laughs> down. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna have to wrap up. I got yeah. to. I've got to go meet a guy yeah. um, tonight. I got
1: to finished basketball practice. It's far like, where's my dad at? where
0: is Um, dad yeah um so yeah so a couple you know
1: you know if you want to tag my email yeah and this and so i would say anybody who like is struggling with burnout or sabbatical i would certainly love to talk to you or anybody in this area you know we were talking about that, that earlier that sometimes these things cross over but i would say so check out like 24 7 prayer yeah and 247 prayerusa.com and there's so a couple resources with that and I'll shoot you some some the links on these so if you want to include them in there one of the things when, we, when I talk about 24/7 prayer people are like I don't know so right during the right as the pandemic was kicking off we launched um, the 24/7 prayer movement launched a um, uh, app mm-hmm. a d- daily devotional app called lectio 365
0: yeah, I use it every day.
1: Yeah, and that's a 24/7 prayer.
0: I didn't and know a lot that, of don't but realize, I use oh, Lectio. Oh, that's all. Yeah.
1: And so, but there's also one called uh, Inner Room. Okay. And it's a personal prayer app, so you can go in there and you can like customize it to um like I could throw Ben like I've got you in there and like if you're if we're ever talking, you're, "Hey man, pray for this for me." I could put it in there. So if I'm ever got 15 minutes, I'll say you know, I'm going to the prayer list or Set prompts so, the, so that it reminds me.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, in that. So there. So those, you know, resources are certainly.
0: Um, I didn't know uh, Lectio was y'all. I use it yeah. every day, twice See, a day. A, that's a lot of things. Like a lot. It of, is solid. Man. I was preaching at a church in
1: Matter the other day, and their because because
0: everything's better.
1: Yeah, in <laughs> Matter. Yeah. And he's like, "Tell them, tell him about." I just realized I kind of zoomed in the head on that. Um, I'm not used to this world. But he was like, they, tell them about your, you know, your prayer stuff too, that, you know, they're, they're, they're into that kind of thing. And I was telling them, I was like, anybody heard about 24-7 prayer? And, and then, you know, not, a, not a lot had. And then afterwards he said once some guy came up and he was like, man, that reminds me, have you ever use, heard this app? It's called Lectio 365. And I was like, yeah, that's one of the reasons He's like, oh, and then like everybody's standing around. They were like, yeah, we know what that is. Like We use that. So yeah. it's those kind of things and, and resources and equipment. So, so yeah. Dude, this has yeah. been awesome, though.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you came on. We're going to have to get you back. There's a lot that we didn't get to. Oh,
1: So I do have to real cover, because I told you yesterday something that came up. So we haven't gotten like official wording or anything like that. But just the fact that somebody reached out and was willing, I was talking to a guy downtown at a Baptist church. He's like, well, so where are y'all doing all this stuff now? And mm-hmm. I was like, we're, we're a homeless house of prayer, which is ironic, right? Yeah. And he's like, could y'all use this old catholic church
0: oh cool dude and
1: i was like like yeah like is that a-? and he said yeah he said i'm i'm on our church leadership i, I i'll talk to them like you know, we'll set this up and i was like the the catholic church had rebuilt a bigger church on the edge of town so this church bought it because it was just like on the corner of their campus but they haven't had anything to do with it
2: huh.
1: and i'm like if that's not. The ecumenical nature of the church, yeah, a Baptist guy wanting to give a Methodist an old Catholic Church, right, yeah, yeah, so yeah it's been uh it's been good stuff and a wild ride in a while riding that, but uh I'll shoot you those links and then um we
0: we'll go from there yeah there'll be some folks yeah. reach out one of the beautiful things about this podcast this is only episode 13 but i have people from here who are reaching out wanting to know people from theirs contact yeah. information and and vice versa right and, and so there's this cross pollination of people who are hardwired like we are yeah who are connecting some from the midwest and some from the southeast yeah and uh so i would expect that that there will be some reach out the other thing. Um, we are beginning to pray into and dream into a simplify retreat.
2: Yeah,
1: we
0: talked about that a little bit. So think about like a youth retreat but for adults. <laughs> um and yeah. so when that comes to pass, uh when we when that manifests, um we'll have you we'll have you teach and speak and um that'd be great. We'll we'll incorporate that 24/7 movement yeah. prayer movement into that. But, yeah. Uh, Awesome, dude. Thank you. Uh, So I end every episode with this question. It's the Keep It Simple podcast. Um, So how do you keep things simple?
1: I just try to hunker back to like, what is the premise of this? So, you know, whatever whatever I'm doing, so like even in my business, right? Mm -hmm. This new business I got, you know, it's easy to jump out and be like, oh, I can do that and make money. I can do that. I can all, all of a sudden it's like, I thought you were a landscaping business and you're doing like quilted pillows. You know I mean? You yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like are yeah. selling muffins. So like the, the thing I, I tell people like potential clients, you know, I just tell them, I said, so my, my, and I got this from you, like, what's your elevator speech?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's like, so for me, the elevator, the elevator speech, and it's not even a speech, it's, um, we create and maintain outdoor living spaces perfect so if you walk outside call me and if I can't do it I'll tell you but mm-hmm. you don't need to call a lighting guy an irrigation guy and a flower guy and a tree guy like I got you
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's the same thing with the, with the with the prayer it's like with the prayer house and the prayer movement it's like how do I how do I catalyze, catalyst prayer you know equip people in prayer and reach the marginalized like if I'm not doing that I don't want to do it Like even, even if I'm doing something and sometimes it's doing those things, but doing them for the wrong reasons or for the wrong motives. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like coming back to that. So 24 seven prayer, um, it's about prayer, mission and justice. Mm -hmm. So we're people of prayer and prayer drives us into mission. And when we're in true mission, which is community with people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it drives us into seeking out justice for them.
0: So core values,
1: yeah, those core values. Like, what, what's the core value? Like, what what do we hold to as a family? What do we hold to as a business? What do we hold to, you know, as a ministry
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and these things? And if and if it's not that, like, it's fine, and it may be great,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and maybe I even do it, but like, it's not going to be a priority,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, for me. And, and it may be something that I come and participate in, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my energy in, you know, to doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know.
0: that's that's something that's new to me just in this past year is what is essential and what is not essential. Yeah. Is this essential to communicate in the gospel of Jesus? Yeah. Or is it not? And, and I think
1: for me, um, and, and my heart is really for people who are burnt out. So, you know, I can't understate that enough. If that's where you, got, you know, reach out to me and I'll help yeah. you, you know, and I can. And, and along the same lines, if, if I can equip you or help you with a prayer resource, even if you're not in my community,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: reach out to me but i think that's why i got to where i was i think that's why we get burnt out because we start doing all these non-essential things yeah and sometimes we find our identity in them because sometimes they got like a greater return they feel good yeah i'm with you yeah ministry and community is a slow burn yeah and some marathon results yeah and because of that, sometimes it's like, well, let's do this flashy thing over there here, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like I, I could, I could care, I could care less, you know, about yeah. that.
0: We need to simplify.
1: But, yeah, keep it simple, <laughs> right?
0: Keep it simple, man. <laughs> okay, brother. Thank you. You have been a gift, a blessing. You always are. Um, I appreciate you. Uh, we'll be home. Uh, we come home, we drive through the day on the 25th of December, okay. and we'll be in Middle Georgia through January 1. Awesome. Let's try, to, yeah, let's try to hook up. Sounds good. All right, brother, I love you.
1: Take care, brother. Love you, man. I get a little, I a little bubble thing. Like, what is that? I don't know. Was it a facial
0: recognition, or like, what is that? I don't know. I don't know, man. Okay, Jared, say bye.
2: Bye. <laughs>